So everybody, hey, uh, welcome to the next exciting interview um, that I'm doing in my series, Why Blackjack? And I think that's the first time I've actually thrown the title in there of the series. Uh, but it's, you know, I'm Alex Simmons, the uh, creator and writer, although I'm now one of the writers because there's a couple other people working on it. But uh, I'm the creator of the series. Um, so I'm 25, actually further back than that, a little over 25 years ago, I created the series in the beginning. And over the years, I've had the really fantastic opportunity to meet and work with some phenomenal artists. Some of them in the earlier part of their career, and now they're untouchables. You know, they're up there in the upper echelons. They've done phenomenal things. And I'm on the phone <laughs> with one of them today. Uh, this is Eric Battle. And Eric, say hello to the folks. Hello, everyone. Look glad at to that. Be here. Yeah, yes, he is. He's glad to be where he is because he's not where I am. <laughs> as, as I said, we're doing this over the phone, uh, the, the wonders of modern technology. But Eric, you and I met, geez, I think we met back in the 90s. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah, I yes, debuted. Like mid -90s maybe? Yeah, I debuted Blackjack in, uh, as, a, as a presentation at the um, San Diego Comic-Con in 96. And then, you know, I basically just had a huge portfolio with blow-ups of all the artwork from the first issue because the first issue came out in September of 96. So I believe I ran into you there, but then over the next year or so, we, we started to meet at other conventions, I think one up in Vermont, and slowly got to know each other. You're not only one of the first artists um, I got to work with on a Blackjack project, but you're also um, one, of the <laughs> one of the artists who, who did a complete story that I hadn't seen print yet. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, for those folks who don't know this, uh, the Blackjack universe, you know, in my head and in some of the work that I've done, you know, has an array of characters. One of them is Aaron's sister, Mary. And Eric was um, the gentleman who did the first short or mini comic uh, storyline on her. It was a six pager called um, Bad Day. And it's in black and white, and it's great. And we had it slated for a couple of different debuts. And just like something Eric was telling me a little while ago about, you know, things happen, and 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 you know, people that you were planning on working with or things that you were expecting to happen didn't happen. And so that story, along with two others about Mary, are sitting in the holding area, going, when do we get out to do our thing? So. This, this year, um, I made a promise to myself at the beginning of this year that one way or the other, that story was going to see um, publication either before the, or rather, either during the holidays of this year, or most assuredly, it would be out and ready for the, uh, the, the masses in January of 2019 when we do Black Comic Book Day at the Schomburg. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, so it's what I've done is, uh, Eric, just so you know, uh, that illustrated story um, plus two prose stories, that's uh, uh, stories without illustration, short stories, will be in one booklet. And that, okay. will, be, that will be Mary's debut. So that, that will happen. That will happen. I, I can't wait no longer. <laughs> it's driving me nuts. Well, and, yeah, and I, I remember like one of the, I guess, one of the, um, I guess, issues that kind of 
held it up was like I because I had originally originally did the illustrations. You did the pencils, pencils. yeah. Yeah, I did pencils, and you know it's it's weird because uh, years later when I went back and went back to look at those pages, and I realized at that particular time I was using a pretty hard lead, so like the pencils were were pretty light, um, and you know uh, you and I had discussed like either uh, like trying to like electronically them up digitally yeah or or even like me inking them and and i've I've gone ahead and i inked a i inked one of those pages up a couple of months ago, and it just sort of like like slowly like you know I pull them out and just like uh you know throw some ink on on uh, on a couple of panels just to because you know i still i'm still very like happy with with the story and oh just, geez. You know, that it's, a, it's a time period piece and those sorts of things. Um, but, but yeah, I realized, I was like, why was I using such a hard lead at, you know, back in those days? Because it was, um, you know, I had to draw, you know, I had to apply pressure to the page a lot harder than, I, you know, and right. you know, when I, when I just realized, I was like, let's use a softer lead. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, so, yeah. it's, it's funny as, you know, and, and I'm just because, uh, again, this is an audio experience rather than a video experience, so people will not get to see the artwork we're talking about. But in discussing the artwork, um, a couple of things come across, even though you used a, as you put it, a hard lead and, and the, the lines were softer and so forth, there's still quite a sense of, of texture to the piece, uh, the way you rendered um, structures and clothing and hair. Mm -hmm. There's the the line work and the shading give it texture and give it um, a sense of weight in certain areas and even a sense of um, age. Even there's a there's a mood yeah. or style. To, yeah. uh, there's a mood to your style. There it is that gives it a sense of not modern times. You know, almost, right. yeah. yeah. So there was a period where I was contemplating if I did it in color to do it a sepia. But I've come to... Ah, that'd be great. Yeah, well, it, there's, there's that. It, it would look good, but I'm concerned that if it's not done well, then it looks muddy. You know, and so one of the things I'm, I'm hoping to do is at least get the story out in black and white the way it was originally done. And then uh, in 2019 experiment with finding a good way to do that as a sepia piece because as i said yeah. a lot of it like there's a shot one of the panels folks uh you know because uh mary uh, unlike aaron mary doesn't globe trot a lot she has decided to make her her life in in the southwest uh united states and why she's chosen to go there isn't revealed for several stories so you know don't ask me to explain that now you know 1930s why would you want to be there but uh, as a black person. But the bottom line is she's there and it's a town. And so there's the black section of town. And as she moves through the town itself on bike, she passes the town sheriff who's leaning against his Packard. You know, he's leaning against the old style car. And, and I, can, I can almost feel the heat of the day, you know, yeah. just the way it's rendered. You know, and, and I'm not pumping this up, folks. It's just... There's just definitely atmosphere to the piece. So 
I, I remember one of the things that you did not want to have happen is one of the things that sort of caused us to put the project on the shelf for a while was originally you were only doing the pencils, you were not going to do the inks, and you really weren't happy with uh, some of the people who were lobbying for the inking job because you'd seen their work and right. you were concerned that, and, and rightfully so, that some of it might stiffen or, or take away that texture. So we put it on the shelf for a later date, just until we came across someone we felt could handle it, and then eventually you uh, offered to do it, and then there was, you know, hiccups and things in that, and for my end and, and time and projects and all that. So it's sort of just set up. They're going, okay, when you guys are ready to do me right, <laughs> you know, I'll I'll be right here, you know. So here here we are. As I said, and I you know I for one, um, you know, for a lot of reasons, want to get this story out there with the other stories about Mary. And that's going to sort of segue us into talking more about Blackjack, too, because the Blackjack universe, uh, his life, his experiences, the people in his life, um, it was very important to me when I first started creating the project to not go stereotypical, to not make this, you know, a typical one-dimensional angry black man with guns. And I, I wanted him to have a world around him where certain people mattered more than others, where he was challenged in not only his own beliefs, but even dealing with, you know, family issues and things like that. So getting stories about him out is truly, has been truly important, but getting out stories about the people around him is, is no less an important mission to me. So let me let me just go back to when you first encountered Blackjack, if you can remember that far back. Uh, do you remember what what, if anything, appealed to you other than money? <laughs> yeah, I'll pay you to do this. No, uh, no. Do you remember what appealed to you about the character or the story or what interested you? Do you remember any of that? Yeah. Well. Well. One. You know, I have to say that you know I was when. When you and I discussed uh, the, the the short story with Mary, um, I was just truly impressed that it showed that you had you had created this this uh, complete world around around the character character of Black Black Jack Aaron Day. So you know it you know every story wasn't just about him and you know his adventures, but you know, again, you have these these other uh, individuals that inhabited, you know, his world and had an impact on his actions. Mm. So, um, you know, that you know, I was I was completely impressed with that, and also like with with the story that that we did, um, that it was a, it was that it was a period piece. Um, so that you know that was that was a challenge for me that you know I was. I was happy to, to take on um, because, you know, it's just, just, you know, I, I love having to do the research of, mm. uh, you know, like the, the items that, that made up her room, you know, her, 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 yeah, her, yeah, her room, uh, the, the vehicles of the time. Um, oh, the clothing, you know, the, the buildings, the, the clothing, you did it all. Yeah. The, you know, all of those things. And so to me, it was like, okay, you know, it, it was, it was, Again, it was a welcome challenge that uh, helped. You know, I felt helped me ex expand my my artistic portfolio, um, and 
so like my goal became to like to do the story justice mm. and um because again it was it was it, it's a short story but it's such such an impactful story um and yeah you know i i i i i i do look forward to it seeing print and you know to seeing what how how other people receive it yeah yeah you know it's funny i do too hey hey thank you for that um uh i was saying to professor foster who i interviewed also um that creating that world around aaron and creating a world in which i you know hopefully could portray real people in fantastic situations you know i i didn't mm -hmm. want again stereotypical black folks or stereotypical any others for that matter um but in creating that world, you know, making them human was so important to me because I think even even in my own uh, childhood experiences, one of my favorite characters in comics was Batman, N not so much because of the gadgets and the costume and the fact that he was a millionaire. Now he's a billionaire, you know, he's done well with his money. But... <laughs> But the fact that he was a, a normal human being who had taken himself to extraordinary heights. In other words, he made himself, he, he created himself. And you know, that always appealed to me because then he was far more vulnerable than Superman or some of the other characters with uh, superpowers. He had to be, you know, he had to be fast, smart, strong, you know, all of those things. Things that were goals, no, I didn't become a scientist or anything, but things that were goals for me, I wanted to be fast and smart and strong, and I wanted to be able to overcome bad, you know, bad people and, and, and extreme odds and difficulties. And I think when you're, in particular, when you're a person of color or of any group that is put down in some sort of public fashion or, you know, sometimes personally too, but certainly in a public fashion, you, you want to feel like there's some power out there for me. There's some way for me to stand tall and achieve. And so it was important for me to not only create a character who is striving for that, but to also show that he has flaws and that the people around him, as I said before, were as close to real as possible. And I think what you did, you know, when you used the word research, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, well, you know, unfortunately, I came across artists who, you know, I don't know what that looks like, but I'll, I'll fudge it. Or, you know, it probably looks a little something like, you know, this. And they threw that into the art, and the art had to be redone. Because, no, it, oh, wow. the car doesn't look like that. The clothing doesn't look like that. No, the haircuts don't look like that. And, you know, so, just simple things like, you know, the suits the, that men wore. I researched. I knew what they should put in. So when you put them in something different, Armani wasn't alive then. Okay, that's just the reality of it. So, you know, I appreciated what you did, but I also appreciate that you, not only that you approached the story, which didn't have superheroes and ray guns and things in it, with a genuine desire to do it right, but also that I felt you portrayed Mary and the other woman in the story, uh, they came across as tangible human beings too. You know, they weren't bulked up or they didn't have these like hourglass figures and the you know, the, the breasts that went on for three miles. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But, but, yeah. 
you know. There but, is. Yeah. There really is. <laughs> well, only if you, well, not, we're not going to go there. Anyway, okay. but the reality is, you know, again, they looked more like human beings. And again, that was important, too, because you wanted folks to be able to buy into these people as they went through right. this situation. So, yeah, um, I'm, thank you for that. And, yeah, I did put in a lot of uh, effort to try and convey that in the storyline. And I would like to see how people react to it now because, again, you know, putting out when, – when we tried to do a female heroic figure, they, they weren't let, – let us say the audience weren't as hungry for them then as they appear to be now. You know, so it's going to be interesting to see how she plays in the current climate. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's, that's important to me. And I think, you know, however it goes, it's still important to get these characters out there because you and I know women like this. You and I, you know, um, I certainly was raised by, uh, not only, my mother never took on anybody with a gun, but but the reality is there were strong women in our lives as friends as 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 you know companions uh, as as mentors and to go through life propounding that only men or purporting that only men are up there it makes no sense to me not, none whatsoever so let me let me go to back to Aaron and and ask you this so your your first real immersion into the blackjack universe was through the story about Mary uh, what are your feelings about the character of Blackjack? Um, well, yeah, you know, it, you know, he was a he's a he's an admirable character. Um, and again, it's like I think for um, for a a, a a man of color who uh, who is you know who was around in the in the time frame in the time period where you know that you have him in for him to like be able to like travel travel to different countries and and do the things that he did on one hand it's uh you know i think people in general may think oh you know a black man couldn't do those things back in that day because you know it's like you know you know we didn't we didn't travel the world and you know, uh, <laughs> confront confront evil, you know, on different planes and those sorts of things. But it's like, yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like people. You know, we we found our we found ways to like travel. You know, travel to other countries and cities and and uh, you know, all the time. Um, but but you know, having having the wherewithal to do it and the courage to do it and the means to do it. You know, sometimes you know those were those those were challenges, but um, you know it's like we weren't all in one place. Yeah, thank you. You know, yes, thank you. So you know that so that again, and that you you built expansive uh, playing field for him was was exciting. That he had a worldview that 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 spans you know. Uh, that was bigger than where he, like, wherever he presently resided. Again, it's just like it just showed. It just showed, like, a, as a, a young a young reader that you know, possible. Um, and that, again, there's there's always a way to do something. Um, and just just to have a curiosity of what's 
what's beyond your your neighborhood, your family, uh, you know, and your your friends, you know, what what's beyond the world thinking. that you yeah, right, the world that you've been so far introduced, you know, how much bigger exactly. can it be? Yeah. 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 You know, it's funny because that's and 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 folks, we did not rehearse this. Uh <laughs> Eric, you just hit on one of my personal points. Uh, as as a child, you know, I was a single parent, my mom's, you know, and we were not any. We we had no money. Okay, so we were raised. Uh, I was raised with you know, nothing in the background except whatever money was in the house at the time. So the idea of traveling to other cities in the United States, let alone other countries, was financially impossible at that time, and. One of the things that I did as a kid was, you know, I watched television a lot, and I liked to watch some of the syndicated TV shows that were coming into the States at that time um, for like a half hour. There was like Ivanhoe, and which mm -hmm. actually at that time starred a very young Roger Moore, who everybody knows went on to play the Saint and James Bond. Uh, there were, you know, uh, foreign films and comedies and mysteries that I watched. So for me... I knew the world went beyond my block or my neighborhood, and I was always curious about it because I was seeing these these images, and I wanted to know where else was this. Um, and and even my bus pass later years, when I got you know a little bit older and had a bus pass, you know I would get on the bus and want to ride it to the end of the line because I wanted to mm -hmm. see what else was out there beyond what I knew. Got myself yeah. in trouble once or twice with mom, not telling her where I was going. But, you know, you know I survived. <laughs> Couldn't walk for a while, but I survived. But, you know, the reality is, yes, the curiosity that most young people come into this world with is, you know, how do things work? What's, what else is out there? And yeah. that's a healthy thing. And when we suppress it, you know, we actually tell them there are limits to what you can accomplish. And if you're, yeah, and if you're people who are in a oppressed situation or you're people who are in a, a distressed situation and you're constantly hearing, no, you can't, you can't, don't bother, don't think, stop asking, then what you wind up with is, A, people with limited view or visions of their capacity, and you, I'm sorry, some of them wind up as very frustrated and angry folk. Yeah. Because I never got to fly, I never got to spread my wings, I never got to accomplish the things, yeah, dream, that the things that I could accomplish, I never got to do that. And that doesn't leave you as a satisfied human being. So, you know, Blackjack definitely, the child in me, if you will, and I often talk about that, the child in me always wanted to get out there and see what else there was. And then, and, and, you know, the, the, the kid who wanted to be a hero and a, an adventurer and everything, that also is mixed in there. So when I finally got to create this character, yeah, I, I had that in my head in the back area there as, as motivator to get this mm -hmm. done and to have a good time with it and hopefully not just create a black hero for black people but to create a black hero for all so that you know everybody begin to get an idea like well maybe they, they might start out by going oh that never could have happened and then I throw in some history and then I go oh wait a minute <laughs> you know and start exploring you know on their own so that that was definitely a part of the goal and I'm, I'm glad that that you said what you did I'm curious, you know, we're talking about Aaron being um, a period piece, you know, it takes place in the 1930s, and society was what it was. As a matter of fact, you know, diversity was not a word that was used, you know, in terms of bettering uh, other cultures, you know, existence here. Uh, racism was far more um, accepted, you know, as the everyday kind of thing. 
uh, people had their place, quote unquote. And there was also just basic limitations in how one got around the world anyway, if you were traveling, let alone if you were a black person and not expected to travel or not allowed on certain conveyances and things. So all of those difficulties, racism, separatism, all of that existed in the 1930s, 1940s. And blackjack standing, you know, trying to stand tall and, and moving, you know, uh, despite those things, moving forward is a big part of the story and the adventures that he has. What I'm going to ask, though, is looking at present-day society, do you feel that these kind of stories and this character have a place now, or have we played our, our, our song and should pack up our instruments and go home? Oh, oh, no, no. The story, the story always has to be told. And it's and it's more it's more important. Well, it's always important. One, because um, for you know for young readers, um, again, it shows it shows that uh, that there are you know there there are, there are many things to be explored in the world. When I was younger, you know, reading comic books. You know, I didn't realize it at the time, but reading comic books for me was was a learning experience mm. where, you know, I would come across words that I didn't, I'm, you know, that I didn't, I didn't know the definitions of. Mm -hmm. So, you know, coming across a, a word that, like, say, Mr. Fantastic, uh, you know, said in, a, in an issue of the Fantastic Four, you know, it would it grew a greater um, vocabulary appreciation yeah. and relationship between me and a dictionary. You know yep. what I mean? Oh, yeah. So yeah. to children, everything is new. Mm. So um, any time that, you know, a young reader comes across information that sparks curiosity and hopefully action from that curiosity, you know, that's a great thing. Um in terms of whether the story is relevant, I I I I believe it's it's greatly relevant to today because, unfortunately, in 2018, xenophobia has uh, reared its head again. Mm, mm -hmm. Um, and it's like, wow, you know, what you know, people are stoking the flames of of fear of the other, and it's like it's, it, you you would think that information wasn't greatly available to everyone, but you know everyone's walking around with a cell phone in their hands, not realizing you know they're they're taking selfies and those sorts of things. But you've got a mini computer in your hand, mm -hmm. so you know for for the information to be at our fingertips and but we're not using it to its fullest potential is disheartening. The only thing that I, I guess I fear is that. Convenience has dampened people's curiosity because, again, it's like um, mm -hmm. I, I love, I love, I, you know, it's like I've got tons of books, and I love the smell of old books. Um, <laughs> I like, you know, I like the tangibility of flipping the pages. Right. Um, so, but you know, it's like you know, just hearing that, you know, uh, you know, a lot people don't read as much anymore, and you know, their their attention spans are, are shorter. And, and, and you know, and then you know, again, you know, they'll they'll get bits of information, and not explore the the relevance or the 
just even the truthfulness of some some of that information. Right. Um, and and again, just just exploring and wanting to learn more about everything. You know, because um, to me, it's like the reading comic books and books in general. It's it's you know, it's it's a pathway to just like it's a pathway to the world. Mm. Well, I mean, it's funny. Lots of people have have. For years, certainly, you know, even in my childhood, I would constantly hear people talking about books being the window to the world, meaning that, mm -hmm. that you know, you could live anywhere, you know, and at this point we're talking the United States, you could live anywhere in the United States, never leave that particular neighborhood or town or city, and you pick up these different books, and you're in the Orient, and you're in Switzerland, and you're in Africa, and you're in, you know, uh, even another part of the U.S., you know, and seeing things and learning about things and learning about life experiences that you have not had yourself. And, and right. so comics, not only, from, you know, from my experience, comics, comic books in particular, not only became um, an addendum to that experience, but for some people, it became the first window they opened because, you know, either reading was a challenge for them or, mm -hmm. as you said, even then, attention span. I don't want to read, a, you know, hundreds of words on a page, but if I'm looking at these pictures and I'm reading the few words in the caption box or the few comments that a person's making and a few thought bubbles, you know, I can, I, I'm seeing the images, you know, I get through 22 pages. And if mm -hmm. every day you're reading 22 pages, my God, by the end of the week, what have you done? You know? Right, yeah. You know? So, yeah. so that, and you mentioned Mr. Fantastic. I have friends that I went to junior high and high school with who went into scientific fields because they wanted mm -hmm. to be Reed Richards building some interdimensional, you know, time-space continuum device or some hovercraft or some other fantastic gadget. And mm -hmm. maybe they didn't wind up doing that specific thing, but it stimulated an interest in them for the sciences and technology that eventually became their career. Yeah. 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 And I guarantee you, they did not get their degrees by reading more comic books and no books. <laughs> you know, you know, they had to pick up some major size volumes in order to get through those courses and to wind yeah. up with the careers they had. So I think going back to, to Aaron Day, you know, to Blackjack and, and his universe, I think from, from not only, you know, and again, I never forgot I wanted to entertain as well, not only from a, an entertainment standpoint, but also from an enlightenment standpoint, uh, educational, historical, and so forth. I chose that era because I wanted to, in that package, say we were there. And we mm -hmm. weren't just there as porters and butlers and shoe shines and things like that. Yeah. And we were in and even things have been discovered since i created blackjack in terms of things that that african americans did you know or certain iconic characters that may have been based on african americans you know even more of that information has come out since the 1990s but you know ultimately to to recognize even if you know you, you talk about uh glory the movie glory with morgan freeman and denzel washington and you know all of those that was about blacks in the Civil War, and there's still people who didn't know that we, we fought in the Civil War. Yeah. You know, there, there were blacks in World War I and World War II, and there's still people who didn't know that, yes, we were units in World War II. There was a unit of black soldiers who actually were part of the vanguard that, that liberated certain concentration camps. They saw the same atrocities that whites and Jews saw in that time mm -hmm. period, but never got a chance to talk about it. 
there were Japanese American right. soldiers who fought in the European theater who were some of the, the fiercest fighters on the American side who couldn't talk about their accomplishments when they came back because Japanese were still considered for that time period the enemy. So we can't yeah. glorify them. So they had to keep their, their, their accomplishments silent for 30 years or 40 years. So I think that it, you know, you said earlier, you know, if unless we are aware of where we come from and what's gone before, we're doomed to repeat those mistakes. And, and certainly certain folks will encourage us to be ignorant and unaware of the accomplishments. And I think that yeah, it exactly. is, yeah, and it's on us as creators to do what we can to rail against that. And I'm not talking about necessarily, you know, launching the revolution, but, you know, ultimately, if you're in a position to enlighten, enlighten. Just, yeah. just do, you know, and that's, that's what and, I've always hoped would be one yeah. of the effects of Blackjack. Yeah, that and just, um, again, you know, it, it, what, what you said earlier is that sh just, sh you know, you wanted to tell stories that showed that, yeah, we were there and we were always there. And, you know, where, wherever there is, we're, <laughs> we're, we're there. Yep. And, you know, but like people would, <clears throat> some people would have us believe that we weren't and, and, um, and if we were, it was insignificant. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, and, and unfortunately, you know, when, when that kind of thing gets perpetrated for so long after so many years, we start to believe it too. So then, you know, we don't, we, we don't, we don't think about what our, our true potential is. Mm. Um, and, you know, and, it, it, and again, it, you know, so, it, you know, at different points, we, you know, we, our, our accomplishments get stunned. Yeah. Because yeah. our school gets stunned. It's just truly important that, um, to, to tell those stories because otherwise those, they will, those stories will be erased. Right. And they're oh, yeah. being erased. Um, so it's like, well, we got to be careful of that on both sides too. I will, I will step forward and say two things. Uh, one of the other people I interviewed, uh, mentioned, you know, creating allies, you know, acknowledging our allies in this, in this forward motion, this, this, this effort that we're trying to make to, to, to become more aware of our own accomplishments, but also to make the world more aware to, to, to also honor the people who, who are not African-American, not black or whatever, who step mm -hmm. up and, and support that. And one of the things is I know that my, my, my buddy, Chris Ryan, who's a, who's a lovely Irish boy, all right, um, he for years has been involved in the project. And one of his, his first, one of the stories he first put to me some years ago, which we literally only did about two years ago, finally, was uh, Blackjack Ransom for a Dead King. And that was one of the short stories, the anthology stories that we did. So it's, no, no, it's not a comic or a graphic novel. And it's about Mansa Musa who was, you know, one of the richest African mm -hmm. kings in history, in the world. And there's all these people, black and white, who don't know anything about him. And it's, it's been interesting watching people read that story and go, you made this up? It's no. And then when they go to do the research, oh, my God, holy smokes, and blah, 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 you know, other expletives, you know, that come out. <laughs> and, and just to, to, again, show this uh, in, in that light, uh, going back to the second major story uh, I did of Blackjack, a graphic novel I call Blood and Honor. Um, we originally started doing it as a two-page, I'm sorry, as a two-issue. We were originally going to do four issues, but we'd done the first two issues of four of Blood and Honor, and I was at a, I believe it was in Chicago or somewhere around there, I was at a Comic-Con, and I was doing a panel. So my friend, Chris Ryan, 
was manning the table while I was away. And when I came back to the table, he was standing there talking to uh, this gentleman. Uh, you know, at that point, I would say the gentleman was maybe in his late 50s or, or mid 60s, something like that. Nicely dressed, well dressed, shirt, tie, that whole bit. And was quite eloquent. And he proceeded to start to tell me uh, he'd been following my work. And I'm thinking, okay, so he's been reading Blackjack and maybe he's seen a couple of Scooby Doo stories that I wrote for DC. And then he pulls out, you know, in his commentary, he pulls out knowledge of other things that I'd written, including a Sherlock Holmes play, Sherlock Holmes play with a, a black protagonist in that, uh, who was also a historical figure. And I went, oh, God, this guy actually does know my work. So he, mm -hmm. he then, and I've told this story in a couple of other interviews, so people, if you've heard it before, just, you know, sit for a moment. Um, but he proceeded to tell me his history. And, and to make it short, he said that as a child, he lived during the time of World War II, and he saw the Japanese-Americans Japanese being interned in, in the camps and all that. And then he, he grew up, and he went to college, and he got a great education. He became a journalist, and that was his career. And when he retired from that, he did... Uh, he was a professor, and, and he's telling me all this stuff. And now, you know, I'm, I'm listening. You know, it's not just politely. I'm listening. I know he's telling me this for a reason, but I can't imagine why. And he finally reaches the, the, the end of it, and he says, you know, and with all of that, it never occurred to me that there had been Japanese opposed to World War II until I read Blackjack, Blood, and Honor. Mm. And I went, holy smokes. Right? I mean, that... That hit me in the chest, prideful, but it hit me in the chest because, yeah, he had just laid out, this was not a man who'd sat around his house for 50 years. You know, this is not a man who only read one newspaper a week. This is a man who had had not only a college education, but also had been a journalist, subsequently trained to look for information and to share it. And he then said, as I'm reacting to all this, he then said, it, I had no idea, or this just goes to show how strong the propaganda was. Mm -hmm. You know? Yep. And, and so this is a white man standing there telling me this all those years ago. So we never know the impact of the work that we do when we try to tell a truth. You know, whether we present it as an absolute, straight-on, factual document or presentation, or we... we, we we surround that, or we, we, we put fiction in a place where we can fill that fiction with actual facts as well and let that truth come out just enough to get people curious. However we present it, when you tell it, hopefully in the right way, in an honest way, in a genuine way, you have no idea who's going to see it and what effect it's going to have. So subsequently, you should just do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just yeah. do it. Put it out there, you know. And... And try and believe that just the act of doing that is enough. Because then if you are fortunate enough to meet with people who it did impact in a positive way, then you can feel even better about it. You know? So I think you know, a lot of what I know you've done independently and the, kind of, you know, the, the way you walk to walk and talk to talk uh, has been a support for me. Because I think... You know, it's it's been an up and down ride for me with Blackjack in terms of you know getting it out there, uh, acceptance, rejection, whatever. Uh, to know that I walk with good people, and that you know some of my work is appreciated by them, it has been a, a big help. So I, you know, I want to thank you for that and your time and and your friendship, you know, throughout the years oh, as well. Oh, thank you. Uh, shucks, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
really, it's it's been good, and it's always good. We only, folks, we only get to see Eric once in the blue moon. Literally, I think I, you know, since he moved from New York to his hometown, I I usually only get to see him in the spring of each year, and sometimes not for that long, maybe for like a few minutes here and there. But it's always good to talk to you, man, and you know, hopefully, we can do this more often. Uh, yes. You know, because I ain't getting any younger. I'll just put it out there like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, we got we got tons of stuff to do and miles to go, but I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> but you know, and, and you know, again, like you know, over over the years, you know, I'm glad that that uh, again, I appreciate and I'm thankful for your friendship, and you know, it's it's always been encouraging to see how how far you've taken uh, the blackjack uh, stories, and again, the the world that you've built. Around the character, um, and again, it's 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 inspiring, um, and you know, it's just like I'm I'm just really grateful and thankful that we're we're making this stuff happen. You know, mm. it, you know, there's, there's, you know, it, sometimes the progress seems slow, but you know, but it's still it's still it's still happening. You know, it's you it's. Know. I hear you, and and hey, thank you. Uh, you know, again, we're gonna we're gonna get mushy here, folks. You know, this this. I love this guy. <laughs> you know, and it, it is it is mutual. It is, and you know, too bad. Okay, so there. But the the other thing too is, um, even even you know, I, I've been traveling quite a bit, as you may know, and uh, I've been fortunate enough to the kid in me who wanted to see the world. You know, well, he had to wait a while, but. You know, I've been to Helsinki, and I've been to Russia, and I've been to uh, the Netherlands, and I've been to several other countries, and, and doing master classes and writing, and going to conventions and meeting people, and 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 finding them not only appreciating my work with Archie and Scooby and all that and Batman, but also finding the fans who really love Blackjack and love that, and and so the desire to create something that was universal has been definitely satiated. But one of the things that I also find interesting is is, you know, you were saying earlier about people starting to believe the nonsense or believe mm -hmm. that the limitations are real, you know, even though it's, it, they're a lie or a whisper. And so some of this stuff that had been said to me even when I was a kid about where I would and wouldn't be able to go, you know, when I'm standing in front of an audience of people who don't speak English, right, I'm in their country, you know, and I don't speak their language, so I'm sharing my stories with them, and I'm sharing my knowledge as a writer with them through an interpreter, and they get it, and they're listening, and then they come up and they ask me questions, you know, either in broken English or you know, through an interpreter as well, and they're eager to hear and share what I have to say. I don't know if somewhere in the back of their head they're going, oh, he doesn't need copper tones, <clears throat> you know, but I do know that they're standing there going, what this man has to say is of value. I can learn from him. And that is a message I send back to anybody listening to this. You know, black or white, the bottom line is if you have something valuable to offer to better the world around you, don't be afraid to share it. You know, yeah. and don't listen to whispers and naysayers and all of that because, you know, even if they love you and they think they're doing it for your best interest, nobody really knows what you can accomplish. You know, they, you know, my mother, who I often speak about when I do these presentations, I always start out by saying the fact that she didn't crush my dream. She didn't crush 
my curiosity. Mm-hmm. And she supported it. She made sure I took care of, you know, what had to be taken care of. And I was a, what she considered a respectful, you know, decent child. But she never once said to me, because we are this, because we are poor, because we are black, because we don't live in a great neighborhood, you are not worth anything. You will never achieve such and such. She never said that. And that one lesson has stood me well for all these years. And I'm only sorry she didn't live long enough to see some of these things, because she is absolutely the main platform on which I can stand tall anywhere I go. Right. And so I think we, you know, we just need to keep telling that truth as best we can through whatever medium we choose and let it do its work. Whew, wow. Okay. So I thought we were just going to talk about blackjack, you know. <laughs> I get all emotional and everything. Uh, okay, brother, it's really great talking to you, man. And I really, likewise, really likewise. appreciate the time. I'm going to let you go because I know you, you probably shackled to a drawing board somewhere because I don't, I don't think you ever leave the drawing board. You know, I, you know again, it's like got a, I'm juggling a couple of different things and I'm, I'm going to be, when, when I get a, get the chance to announce some of them, it's like you will see me like jumping for joy. And, oh, yeah. Well, uh, let me know when because I'll put you on, yeah. uh, Chris Ryan and I do, you know, tell the damn story and... I definitely want to use a segment of this on that, but you know, you let us know when something's jumping out, and we'll we'll pull you on, and you can talk your heart out about it. Excellent. Oh. I, I look forward to it. Oh, let me tell you something very quickly. You probably mm-hmm. may or may not have heard about this. Um, uh, there's an organization in Africa called the Africa Cartooning Center, and they've been in existence sort of behind the curtain for about eight years or so but they finally have stepped forward in front. They're trying to unite uh, African comic artists to help them get their uh, world together and, you know, to, um, you know, there's not really an infrastructure in Africa for publishing comics and that sort of thing. So they're doing this, and one of the things that they're doing is they are, uh, they have a a, a poster competition that they just launched Mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago, uh, black and white or color, it's to get together poster designs and pick a, a winner. It's an anti-drug poster that they're looking for. Something that either says that, um, you know, obviously drugs are bad, you know, and, and detrimental, or something that says, once you kick this, or if you don't get into this, this is what you can accomplish. So they're okay. looking. They're looking for uh, a single illustration from artists anywhere on the planet. Uh, about this. I can send you some information on it, but they would love to, you know, they've reached out to me. They've actually done a silly thing and made me, a, uh, they voted me onto their board of directors, uh, board of advisors, <laughs> you know, Lord help them, because <laughs> now I'm going to actually try and help them. Uh, but, they, you know, they're worthwhile gentlemen, and um, I, I'm putting the word out as best I can. So if, if you've got an illustration that you think would be suitable for this, as I said, I'm going to send you the information uh, yes, I think they would definitely, you know, uh, love to see that. But I'll send okay. you that via email. All right, excellent. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I hadn't heard of this, this organization, but yeah, send send whatever information that you can. Uh, yeah, that'd be great, greatly you, helpful. You got okay. it. Okay, brother. Again, you take care, and hopefully, I'll see you a much sooner than April yes. of next year. <laughs> yes. Okay, Very man. Will. You take care. Have man. a great weekend. You too. All right now. Bye bye. Take care. Bye-bye.